You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, All-American. And Captain Dan. Captain Dan. You are a fisherman these days, bro. I sure I'm am. Be a fisherman, but you're, a, you're definitely a boatsman. I've definitely adopted the ways of the I, water. I'm saying, so, So you know, once once a person go on the boat a lot, are they automatically a fisherman? Or, like, it, how does that work? What's, what's the threshold? In a little bit, Dan has probably spent more boat hours in the last two weeks than I spent in the last year. Yeah, yeah, oh, it, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the last, I think it's been three, almost three weeks, four weeks total, uh, and I think I've gone out at least, probably at least ten or twelve times. So, Dan's getting it in. We're yeah. gonna actually go. Uh, we're gonna hang out down here, man. Yeah, a couple weeks. We're gonna a hang out weeks, man. down there. We're gonna go up to Peanut Island, hang out. Already. I was telling no Cora, I already got bro. the uh, I already got the uh, the playlist set, so oh, we don't even man. have to worry about this. Dan about to embarrass me in front of my hood, right? No, in front of your in front of your hood, right, friend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, in front of the hood, right, friend? <laughs> I trust Dan's playlist. They ain't gonna come up there with the music speeded up on your ass. Playing <laughs> <laughs> that, that guys too. <laughs> That's what's up. Make you good in front of you boys. I hope so. I think you have me looking crazy, but I'm here for either one, dog. Just need, <laughs> That's right. just need big, big whiskey, big cushion. We'll, we'll be fine. What y'all got going for uh, Memorial Day? Oh man, uh, my wife's birthday today, so um, you know we're oh, celebrating yeah. that and whatnot. Yeah, family came in town. My in-laws uh, came and surprised her. Man, tell us how um, I said happy birthday, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um, her best friend came up, you know, and, and brought her family as well. So uh, we're going out to eat tonight and. Uh, should be a great time, man. Going out to eat. You got? Did you close down the restaurant quarantine style? That's how you oh, balling? I, I can't. Nah, man. I ain't balling like that. We're gonna be off, <laughs> off in the cut, though. I can tell you that. I, I, I ain't taking anything else. We got to be in the cut and away from people. Oh man, I thought all Americans get the whole place shut down, bro. Nah, I, I wasn't. That, I ain't had that many interception. They said that come with the brick. That's what I was told. Nah, we ain't had. Nah, <laughs> you got. You got. You got to win the thought for that. Yeah, I feel you on that. Dan, what you got going today, man? Not much, right? It was a uh, it was a long weekend. Uh, I was out yesterday, literally all day, and I was out the day before uh, with uh, with some other friends. So uh, today took it easy. Finished watching White Lines. I was just on Cam and in a mod right before you came on. I watched about four hours of The Office right before uh, before we started. Just kind of a lazy day. We were talking about the weather a little bit earlier. Uh, it's just been gloomy here all day, so it was a nice day to kind of sit back, relax, and and remember those who. Uh, you know, died and, and fought for our country. So, absolutely. For a while today, me and Ahmad talked about this early. I thought it was Sunday for a long time. We're recording, we're yeah. recording right now on Monday Memorial Day, as everybody would know by now. But I thought today yeah, was Sunday I, until about three thirty, four o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely has Sunday vibes. 
Absolutely did. Every day has Sunday vibes these days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they definitely did. Man, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, sure. I'm excited and ready for to to return back a little bit more to normal. My gym opened up last week, so it was good to go back there. Starting to add a little bit more, you know, of a schedule back to my days because this has felt like I don't know about six weeks of Sundays in a row. So, yeah. have y'all watched? I, I I checked out this on. Uh, you saying you watch White Lines? I'm watching White Lines myself. It's okay. Yeah, uh, I, I get uh, lost in the uh, in the language barrier sometimes. Yeah, that, that frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Um, I've been, I've enjoyed it. It was a, a pretty good season. I didn't. I don't know if they're going to keep it going um, or not. I, I was a little disappointed about the way it ended, to be honest with you. But um, you know, you live and you learn. So it wasn't bad. Got you. I was watching this uh, HBO documentary. I don't know if you guys checked it out. It's called The Scheme. Check that out when you guys get a chance. Pretty dope, man, about recruiting. And- the Scheme? Yeah, oh, yeah. Was that about the uh, college basketball? Yeah. With the whole Miami, Arizona, Adidas scandal that went down. Um, yeah, yeah. The kid, they tried to make the face of it and everything. I think it's a pretty dope documentary. Yeah, they do a good job of explaining that story. Um, I really, I enjoyed that. I watched it on a on a Sunday a couple of weeks ago. Really enjoyed it too. Uh, I completely yeah. forgot what we talked about it, but uh, it, it's one of those things that you just kind of know about in the way that they try to um, kind of sweep some of that under the rug or make it not seem like a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. It was fascinating, but I mean, it's stuff that we know. It, it's always been around, so uh, they just got caught. So, right. Yeah, I, thought, I think, and I also think HBO do documentaries better than that um, than uh, Thirty for Thirty. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think HBO like, is the best game when it comes to Netflix or when it comes to documentaries. Absolutely. There's levels to this, man. We got to get the news, Dan. Yeah, before we do that, let's uh, give a shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm. Uh, it's it's about that time, boys. Um, I know you guys are dealing with a tropical low. We've already had a, a hurricane or at least a tropical storm named this uh, season already. So uh, they're going to they're gonna handle you with everything with insurance claims uh, for property damage to your home or business. Their lawyers have you know, well over 20 years of experience handling roof damage, leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, um, hurricanes, whatever, sinkholes. Uh, whatever your case might be, give them a call at 813-221-2525. Again, the Thomas firm works all over the state of Florida. Give them a call. They'll you know talk to you, but you know talk to you about your options and what that looks like, all for free. Uh, they'll only collect if you collect or, or however you move forward. So uh, give them a call 813-221-2525. Again, that's the Thomas firm. They're based here in Tampa, but they work all over the state of Florida. 813-221-2525. So uh, last week when we talked about Gator News. We didn't talk about um, our commitment that that Florida got, and that was from uh, I guess he's now ranked a uh, a three star uh, offensive tackle or offensive lineman. I don't know. Do they have a position for him at Silk or, or not yet? Uh, I believe he's offensive guard, offensive tackle. At the end of the day, uh, I think he projects as a guard. I wouldn't want him to be my tackle um, just off of like projections and whatnot. So I would say offensive guard. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so so Florida uh, was able to get the commitment of uh, Adrian Strickland, who is a uh, sorry, he's a three-star guy, uh, ranked 101st uh, nationally as an offensive tackle on 247, 153rd in the state uh, from Lynn Haven, Florida. Uh, so they got him uh, kind of an under-the-radar type of guy, but seems like he's the guy that fits into uh, the scheme that John Hevesy likes, 6'6", 330 pounds. Uh, Definitely has some weight on there that he could uh, could afford to lose. But uh, Adrian Strickland, Silk, know much about him or? No, I don't. I I expect one of these every cycle. Um, yeah. We had the uh, Randy Randy special was a, a saying that he used to carry around, but that wasn't a good saying. 
I think heavy C special is going to be like Ethan White. You know what I'm saying? Big kids that he see potential in, that he can carve up and kind of mold to what he want. You know what I'm saying? So I think this is yeah. one of those takes. I'm not going to judge it like I judged uh, Ethan White before I actually knew how heavy C worked and, and, and how Savage worked. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to judge his take off the grip. Yeah. I just know how heavy C works. He's a de- developmental guy. So he's going to find... And another thing, too, on Heavy C, I don't think, um, as far as his personality, it takes a certain kid to want to play for him, you yep. know? I think he coaches hard. I think he his, his practices and, and everything he demands is a little different. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going I'm to go with whatever he – I don't look at the star rating, ratings definitely with, with Lyman, but I definitely don't worry about Heavy C. I, I'm going to go with what he right. picked, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think he's kind of proven himself a little bit. I think Ethan White's going to be a stud. I think – I don't know – I'm not going to say this kid's going to be a stud, but I think it's the same type of take. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, so that puts uh, – so so Adrian Strickland, guy, he kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if anybody was really expecting that, but uh, good gut for him. Um, we'll see, right? I mean, that that's where we're we're at with him. Uh, you know, he could definitely be a guy that could use a senior season, but I would imagine that we'll uh, we'll see where he lands up uh, over the next uh, couple, couple months, especially if there's a football season and how he continues to develop. They were also able to get a commitment from Armwood uh, athlete Charles Montgomery. I guess that was on Saturday night. Uh, so he was down between Florida and Maryland. Uh, you know, Florida thought they sat in a good position. Uh, but Alab- or, uh, pardon me, but Maryland was recruiting him really well and really strongly. Uh, but Florida did uh, gain his commitment. So again, Armwood athlete, 5'10", 185 pounds, uh, number 11 athlete in the country, and just snuck in uh, at 241 in the rivals uh, composite. So you got anything on uh, on Charles? Uh, Charles is, a, uh, I think, a slot receiver, running back, slash type guy for um the Kadarius Tony role, Percy Harvey yeah. role, whatever you want to call it. We're not calling him those guys. Just that's the right. role in the offense. So I think he fits that mode. Um, his 40 indicates on 247 and 4.8. His film don't say that. I think he's a lot faster than than what mm-hmm. he said. That then his, his film says that he's a lot faster than what his 40 shows. So um I like the take, man. Uh Desmond Watson is another kid that's self uh Sefner Armwood that we want. So I yep. think that, that helps us out in that situation. Um. Besides that, a uh, good job by the staff, man. Because just watching that that commitment on live on Instagram, mm-hmm. that was a pro <laughs> Terps room. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Newberg mentioned to me that there was some some somebody on the mom on, on with the parent side that wanted Maryland, and and it got the vibes when when the, the lady whoever was doing his ceremony, she said Maryland, and it got or the Terps, it got loud in there a little bit, you know. So. Shout out to the staff for letting this kid closing on him. It's a need at the position. I think that's a position we always gonna need new guys at. Tony's gonna be going after this year. I think he'll slide in. I don't think he's the only guy in that role either. I think Brashar, who already decommitted, is another guy that we want back in that role. Right. Mm-hmm. But a four-star athlete, tweener, uh, between the slide and the running back, real good get. Yeah. So I, I like him. I like what, what he'll be able to do. And it's, it's good to get back uh, into Armwood and get some players out of there. So uh, Florida was also able to re-add uh, the commitments. Uh, um, uh, Dewan Black, who is now the number one rated JUCO player. Uh, he's over at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community. Uh, he has been uh, after it um, with some Tennessee fans for the last couple of days on Twitter. But uh, outside of that, you know, really highly ranked four-star kid coming out of high school. Uh, pushed really hard, almost got into, uh, was almost able to get back into the class. But uh, but good to get him in. Again, number one ranked uh, JUCO player in the country. So uh, getting him in, I, I think adding him with Hopper. 
adding him with, you know, some of that, you know, young linebacking core that Florida's had is, you know, really solidifies that, that uh, group with, uh, with Wingo added in there as well. Yeah, I think uh, with adding uh, Dewan Black, if he, I just, I hope he makes it in and fin- finish yeah. where he started. You know, um, but I think if he makes it on campus and Hammond makes it on campus, I think that's a great look for Dan Mullen and the staff of uh, getting those guys to commit, sign letters, right. and even though they didn't make it, make it in, you stick by them and see them all the way through to the process of making it to campus. That would be a dope look, and I think Dewan Black is a future first round draft pick. Man, I think yeah. the only thing that can stop Dewan Black is him. Yep. That dude's special, man. What he can do at the linebacker position is insane. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see him play, man. I'm excited to see him, man. Um, you know, I I think what what I'm more excited to see is you know how he kept himself, man. You know, with everything going on and whatnot, he still um, kept his focus and uh, um, you know made a lot of people put their foot in their mouth. So yeah, yeah. finish the deal, man. If you listen to finish the deal, man. But um. I think we all think highly of of the one black, but once Savage get a hold of him and he get on this campus with my man Christian Robinson, it's gonna be a wrap. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely, big fan of Dewan Black, uh, and then uh, Debbie Hammond from uh, your alma mater there. Uh, Ahmad from Lakeland. He committed with the other two Lakeland guys uh, on signing day a couple years ago. Unfortunately, wasn't able to qualify. He's up at Independence Community College up in Independence, Kansas. Uh, he was a four-star guy, and I think 247 just rated him yeah, as the number one uh, offensive guard uh, in JUCO and the number nine player overall. So Florida was able to get both of them back uh, into their class, which is great because that was a year, and we talked about it, that you just can't have a year where you miss on, on that many prospects. So being able to get in two of the highly ranked guys that were in that class that weren't able to make it in back in, um, you know, hopefully, you know, allows them to contribute and, you know, be playing at, at good programs too. And what, whatever, whatever, whatever happened to, uh, and I'm going to be off a little bit off subject. What happened to, uh, what is his name? RJ Henderson or something like that receiver. Nobody knows, man. Yeah. Damn. He went to like, uh, Jackson state or some random school withdrew and nobody yeah, knows. I think I've seen him. Yeah. I think I seen him on somebody. Somebody sent me a clip of him on social media working out during this whole pandemic nonsense, man. But yeah, other than that, he's just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't envision seeing him uh, in the class, and I also don't envision seeing uh, Leonard Manuel uh, in this class as well. Um, why do you think like the one, this the one in him? This is the second year <sighs> JUCO guys. Why are they just getting ranked and rated as prospects? You know, I don't know, uh, and they didn't get ranked until like three days ago, which is a a weird time to rank JUCO athletes. Uh, I'm not sure, considering that they've been playing since nearly a year ago. Um, I I don't know. I don't know, you know, what the order is. I don't know how they they rank them either. I don't know if it's ranked on. I mean, clearly they had rankings already, right? Right. They had JUCO rankings. I just don't know why, like, if DeWan is the best JUCO player in the country. They just figured it out three days ago. Yeah, in the middle of May was when the (laughs) guy decided. That's strange. In a pandemic, oh, you know what? We probably should rank this guy. He's a football player. We ain't had no workouts or not. And not only are we going to rank him, because every once in a while you're going to get a commit, right? So we can talk about Strickland, the guy that committed. He wasn't ranked. He there's thousands and tens of thousands of players across the country. You're going to miss some, right? Um, Right. But if you're going to rank somebody as the number one player in the country, you probably should have him ranked before that, no? Yeah, so I, right. I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, that sounds like, like too much like right then, you know. Yeah. yeah. I just like somebody to make it make sense for me. What else we got, Dan? I think, I think that that's it uh, when it comes to recruiting. Uh, the SEC voted last Wednesday 
uh, that they can allow schools to allow their players uh, to come onto campus. So Florida's going to be uh, bringing their players on on June 8th uh, to work out, meet with you know, whatever staff members they can, depending on, you know, depending on their sport. But uh, it's official that the SEC has allowed uh, players to come on as of June 8th. That's great news, man. We're getting closer and closer to football. I don't even want to have a conversation about fans in the stands. We're just getting closer and closer to football. Yeah, we, we, just want, we, we want to see some action, man. You know, yeah. Just, what, do you, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that football happens in the fall? So what we know today? I think we're getting closer and closer to it. I mean, you know, it sounds really way yeah, more positive than it did like like a month and a half or so ago. You I know? think they're about to make an attempt. Yeah, um, yeah it's gonna, it's gonna they're be not just gonna say, "All right, there's a pandemic. We're gonna chill and let wait this thing out." I think they're gonna try. Yeah. And if everything goes through, then we're gonna have football. We're gonna have to see how the the actual attempt goes through because. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have kids start testing positive, then certain teams start shutting shit down in quarantine, right. then it gets a little weird. But they're definitely about to try an attempt, and I'm, I'm praying it goes, it happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just thinking about it like this, you know. Say, you know, they they, te- they test for the, the pandemic or whatever, test for the COVID, I'm sorry. And then, you know, y'all play a game on Saturday, all right? Mm-hmm. Then that, that Wednesday, the next week, you know. Whole team sick. Yeah, whole team sick or something. You know, somebody, <laughs> some one person come down team. with it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, how often do you test these players? Or like, when you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't just test them one time and just be like, oh, all right, everybody straight. Oh, you're like, like yeah. and tests are expensive. Oh, you're like yeah. a, about to go into the SEC championship and you're starting quarterback test positive for COVID. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying, bro. Like, how, this is how does a, that work? Yeah, this is a hypothetical I was talking about yesterday with some friends is, you know, what happens if Clemson is 6-0, and Trevor Lawrence gets COVID, he sits for a game or two, and Clemson loses, right? All of a sudden, they come back, you right. know, or a couple players from Clemson, you know, test positive. Let's just say it's 10 players, right? So 10 starters sit, they lose a game, and then they come back and start beating everybody's butt again, but they already have a loss. Do you not consider them because you know of a situation right. like that right so or what happens that's a, that's a rabbit hole i'm not ready for daniel yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you're thinking too much in the shit now yeah man. yeah, yeah. So, uh, i don't know about all thinking, that that'd be crazy that's right well then i'm thinking you know michigan announced you know this this past weekend that if um if students aren't allowed on campus then they're not going to have uh, football so you know they're not going to have sports period the university of michigan that's probably the best thing to keep Harbaugh off of the hot seat. I was just going to say, yeah, I bet you Harbaugh's, you know, yeah, that for sure. But if they if they don't come back, right, what do you do uh, if a team, you know, plays, you know, is missing a few, you know, games on their schedule and they only play nine games instead of ten games and, you know, that, that other team might have lost a game, right, or the state of California doesn't let players come back, right? And so all of a sudden you have all these other issues. I'm very interested to see how next season works out. Yeah, I think it's going to be on some uh, conference-type football and at the end of that. It will, yeah. They'll figure it out at the end on how they pick playoff teams. I don't know, bro. It's going to be like hard because how, how, how can you crown a champion if you know, really don't have all the I don't know, bro. If a championship game is played and somebody wins, that's the champ. Yeah. <laughs> if not, UCF <laughs> wins by proxy. I think that's how that works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's going to be a bunch of UCF that's going on. Yeah, it's gonna, I can tell you that. There's going to be a I, bunch of teams claiming national championships this year. It's going to be like the 30s and 40s all over. Like now. a bunch of Tennessee shit. All right? I'm not <laughs> claiming that because I don't want to slip, trip, fall into the championship game and be like, yeah, man, like we sharing this with everybody. Nah, this mine. <laughs> 
in like 40 years, it's gonna have uh, they're gonna be like, yeah, man, we, you know, gonna sound like Tennessee fans. <laughs> like claim all these championships, bro. Got asterisks by all these championships, man. Nobody wanna hear that. But yeah, I mean that that's the that's the biggest news uh, that we have right now is what happens to football season. We talked a little bit on the last show. You know, what if the SEC plays? And the Pac-12 doesn't play, right? Or, you know, what if mm-hmm. you know, only part of the ACC is playing or whatever the case might be? We don't know right now, right? We're, we're just part of the ACC play. Like, you got to make, like, a decision as a conference, though, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this this is the thing, though, right? Like, you should have to make a decision as a conference, but what if you're able to play, but your conference decides not to? Yeah, who and the fuck the, play, man? But that's the thing, right? It's like, do you try to figure out a way to, to figure out some sort of schedule with you – know, because there's going to be a lot of weeks where if half of college football isn't playing because they don't want to, that means that there's going to be openings on schedules that those teams would have otherwise played, right? But if you're in a state like, let's just say Georgia, right? And, and this is not nothing political, nothing, but let's just say Georgia's doing well handling COVID, but, you know um, – I don't know. But let's think of a different example. Let's let's think of the Big Ten, right? Like, what if New Jersey and Rutgers aren't able to, um, you know, figure out their their COVID and they decide not to play, right? But your state is in Ohio, and Ohio said yes, we can play. Football matters a lot to Ohio State University, right? In terms of the dollars that that's going to bring in. Do you have to completely go with what your conference says, or can you say, hey, then we're going to figure out a way that we can play and make it work and piece? Yeah, I don't think they could do that. Why not? Because there's conference championships and all type of shit that's going on. Yeah, yeah, but what if you just don't have the conference championship then? But like, I think at that point, I, I don't think schools care about. Like, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think, think schools you could, care about conference championships as much as they care about like any revenue coming in right now. Yeah, I just don't see how they could fill a whole schedule if the rest of the conference is out. You know, like I think maybe one team's out. Like if Michigan is the only team out of that, they could still finagle around Michigan and. and Refill that spot. But if if there's three or four teams on your schedule that's like not playing, I don't know how they like like I don't think there's three or four other random teams. Yeah. The, the exact dates of bye weeks and off weeks, like that's a I, lot. I'm of, just saying, like what what you know, what if a team go, you know, they like six and zero or seven and zero, and you know, two of the games they're supposed to play, you know, they couldn't play because COVID. Like mm-hmm. they know damn well they probably would have lost them games. You know, mm-hmm. probably the six the six games is probably against like Chattanooga or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now what do you do? Because they mm-hmm. they technically haven't lost yet, but like, right? And you're gonna have some you're gonna have some some interesting decision making I think over the next couple months because you're starting to really see and and we've talked about peeling back this onion and or you know peeling back all the layers of this and saying hey like football and sports matters so much to these schools uh that they've they're really trying to figure out how to get something and that's why i'm saying if you're a school that needs to figure out a way to play even if you only play three or four games like i think a school would rather play four or five games than they would rather sit out the entire year if covid's not affecting them just because their conference doesn't want to play that still looks terrible just to even play the four or five games, like, bro, if it was that serious, when you look at it, you know what I'm saying? If it was that serious, why y'all even playing them four or five games? It still what looks it, crazy on paper. Right. Well, no, I'm not. But what if it's not serious for you, right? Like, what if your state has it under control or you don't have, you know, large outbreaks or, or your state's doing well and you can say, hey, we can play. But there's other schools in your conference that say, hey, maybe we can't play, Right. Are you willing to shut down all of that potential lost revenue for, for your school? Games, your yeah. 
Yeah, like for four or five games, yeah. Like, what is that? I mean, everybody four, else is shut four down. Five like, games, if, if four, four or five, five games, games SEC is probably the equivalent of probably $40, 50000000 million right. in revenue. Is, that, is, that, is that shutting down other programs? Them not having them? Because obviously the whole conference is not playing. So the other programs not playing, they're not going to shut down their programs, right? So I, I mean, what, I guess, I guess is, it depends on what their financial situation is, right? I don't think any school in the SEC is going to shut down off of one year of no football. I have a friend, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't think he's allowed to share his information, that works in a major program in the Southeast. They said if their school doesn't have football, they are going to be in the red by $40 million next season. Yeah, that'd be in the red, but I don't no, think they're like going to shut $40 million dollars is not just like in the red for an athletic department. That's you think they shut down the program. Of, of I, I, think, I think that they would have to do something major. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that, man. And I think it, like if the rest is the rest of like t- these programs could, could miss games. I'm, I'm for it. Like if your state, if a state wants to do it, then cool. And I also still think there's layers too. I think some players are going to be like, nah, I don't want to risk it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's some kids in certain states not playing. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some players that just be like, "Nah, I'm gonna sit this one out." Yeah. But um, I don't think like missing four or five games. If the rest of the conference is out and those other programs decided, you know what, we're just gonna shut it down this year. I don't think your program is gonna be like you trying to find new games. I, I just don't see like it making sense on paper. Yeah, the and then I and then I think out. I'll be interested to see if the NCAA does anything, right? If your state shuts down football for the year NCAA or California, NCAA has power. Say what? NCAA has no power. No, what I mean is in terms of like allowing uh, what what I was going to say after that is like, will they let these kids transfer right to a a school that is playing this season? Oh, they already said no. Really? Yeah, they released that this week. They're not doing the um, that's another thing too we discussed. They're not doing the the one time they they were discussing and put up a vote. Uh, the one time waiver, uh, they just let kids transfer this year. Um, it was denied. Mm. So all all our guys would like shorter and and and. Whoever lingered would have just automatically been in, but they got to go through the waiver process. And I can understand them not letting those guys transfer because that was pre-COVID. But if we get into August and California says, hey, we're not playing football. Yeah, they already decided on that. Yeah, they are. That's what I'm saying. They made that. I forget. I, I should have had that. I didn't know who was going to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, they had the ruling um, this week where they made it with like, there's no like everybody just got to go through a waiver uh, regardless. They only had the meeting. The only, the only reason it went up for a vote was because of the COVID. You know what I'm saying? This was never on the table. It was just going to do a one-time thing. And they already denied it. Mm. Got you. I'm trying. I'm pulling up Brett McMurphy's tweet right about it now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that that'd be tough if you're, you know, if you're a senior, you're a fifth-year senior, and you can't play, and you're you're forced to stick around another year if you want to play football, right? But yeah, it is. It's, it's, but that's the NCAA. I they have like a, a waiver right now this year too. This is a crazy year. Yeah. Kids that went closer to home. I think they'll get a waiver anyway because of this, because you could still put this COVID nineteen in your waiver, right? If you're trying to get closer to home, so like Isaiah Walker left here and he's closer to home, he could use that as like an excuse of COVID nineteen and want to be closer to his family. And I think like that's a legit type of way to use it in your waiver, regardless. But the automatic just getting the waiver because of this, it was denied, man. I thought it should have went through this year. Yeah, uh, one of the other things, and I'm, I'm going to try to pull up the tweet. Uh, Bud Elliott's been tracking this. Um, he's curious to see. He always track worthless shit. 
<laughs> what is it? Guy loves some, some some data. He was saying that right now there's 854 players committed. Um, and he's saying a lot of it might have to do with like the coronavirus and you know players wanting to make sure that they grab their spot now. But 854 people have committed as of today for this upcoming recruiting class. This time last year only 376 had. So you're looking at literally more than double the amount of people have already committed this year compared to last year at this point, which is an interesting data point. But I think that's that number's gonna get higher every year, regardless. I think, yeah. um, I think the coaches are speeding that up a little bit. I'm pretty sure some of it's due to the COVID, but I think, like, I think the early signing they change things, and like we started seeing that number go up and up and more. You know what I'm saying? I don't think like national signing day signings and announcements are gonna be a thing eventually. Eventually, that's just gonna be like nothing. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So I would say, why don't we get uh, why don't we get our show started? Ahmad had to slide out for his wife's birthday. We'll we'll excuse him for that. So what do we uh, we got two big guests on for this week? So why don't we uh, why don't we get them on? I'm ready to hang out, man. That's vibe. And our first guest is brought to you by Brun Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the Panhandle to the Keys, hit my man Greg up nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. My man Greg handles home, auto, and life, and any financial services. 954-589-2204, Big Policies, the official insurance of Stadium Miguel and Gator Nation. Let's hang out, Dan. Let's ride. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And join us for the first time on Stadium and Gale as women's basketball coach Cam Newbauer. Cam, how are you doing this evening? Doing well. Doing very well. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, well Cam, we're excited to, to bring you on. Um, talk to us a little bit how you ended up at, at Florida. You're about, going, you're about to go into your fourth season uh, as the head coach of uh, the Women's Gators basketball program. So talk to us about how you, you ended up at Florida from uh, from Belmont. Well, Daniel, it's a pretty good story, um, kind of an act of God type story, in my opinion. And when I was on my interview here, my last meeting of the day was with Scott Strickland, obviously. And I asked Scott, I, I said, Scott, why am I here? You know, there's a number of sitting head coaches at bigger schools that would love to have this job. What, what is it about me that, that caught your attention? And he proceeded to tell me that uh, a year before, uh, it was my third year at Belmont, we played in the NCAA tournament. And it just so happened that we were playing at Mississippi State. And we were a 13 seed, and we were playing number four, Michigan State. And in women's basketball, typically 13 seeds don't really stay in that game. And he proceeded to tell me that um, he was not going to come to the game that day because he figured it probably wouldn't be much of a game. But he just so happened to show up a a little after halftime and saw that it was a four-point game at halftime. And he sat near our bench and watched the duration of the game. And it was a pretty close game until the last couple minutes, and we ended up losing by 12 or 13. And then he also came to my press conference, and he told me that it was there that day where he made a mental note of saying that, man, you know, this guy, I think he knows what he's doing. I, I like the way they played. And just different things, you know, sparked his, his attention for, you know, what would be in the future. And it's just pretty cool because my first boss ever – um, Rob Lanier, who actually worked for Billy for a handful of years here um, with men's basketball, he told me when I worked for him that every day is an interview and you never know when people are watching and, and what they're watching for. And so 
to have that come full circle and, and to that be how I got the University of Florida head coaching job, to have an interview a year before uh, anything even really, you know, started to, to get rolling was just really, really amazing story to me. It made myself proud just to know that I carried myself in that manner, not even knowing. I love it. I love it. So, Coach, before we, we talk about your time at Florida, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you, you started your career. So uh, you played uh, at a real small school in, in Michigan for a little bit before you went uh, back up to uh, um, Indiana University, Purdue University there in uh, in Fort Wayne, where I guess uh, close to where you grew up. Uh, then you, you you spent some time uh, as an assistant at Siena. How did you how did you land your your first job uh, there in uh, Siena? Well, I got very lucky. I was student teaching, and I knew I wanted to coach college, and I sent out about 50 letters that year to coaching staff and to new head Division One coaches just saying literally that I will do anything to be part of your program. And in the letter, I even said that if I have to scrub toilets, I'll scrub toilets. And um, I got, got home from student teaching one day, and my, my, my mom, I was living at home my last year of college, and uh, I got home, and my mom had a Post-it note. And it said Rob Lanier, and it had his phone number. And I knew that Rob Lanier had just got the Siena um, head coaching job. And I called him, and he was like, I got your letter. And it, it caught my attention. And two weeks later, I, I drove out for an interview, um, started sending them things to, to show them why I was the guy for the job. And he ends up hiring me. Now, there's a caveat to all this, is that I, I, I worked for free for two years. And oh, I was geez, okay. not paid. Yeah, I, I worked for a meal plan. And um, my second year there, I actually lived with a 63-year-old woman because the rent was so cheap. So, guys, I, I did everything I had to do to make ends meet. And um, so I had a bedroom and a bathroom, and I just was scraping and clawing to, to get into this profession. And yeah. lo and behold, uh, you know, 15 years later, I'm an yeah. SEC head coach. That's nuts. That's nuts. So uh, you were at uh, you were at Georgia. I won't talk much about that for obvious reasons. Then over at Louisville, uh, no, talk no, to us Daniel, about Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, I was, I was at Georgia, but it's important because when I was at Georgia, that was when you know I, I was on the men's side when you know Coach Donovan won the back to back championships, and I will never forget those atmospheres of the O Dome. It was unbelievable, and it really showed me what Florida athletics was. And, okay. you know, even with Tebow and just, so, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bulldog. I'm a gator, but, um, I, I appreciate having that opportunity to see those teams up close and personal from a different viewpoint to, to just really understand what Florida was. I mean, we, first time I ever played here, we come rolling up to the O-Dome and there are students, this is on our way to shoot around at like 11 in the morning. And there are students lined up outside waiting for tickets Oh yeah, you know, like a day in advance, and then I was like, "Holy cow, this is legit!" Yeah, those were t- those were nuts. Uh, that was my freshman year uh, of college. Uh, was, was the the second part of that back to back, and I remember games before Kentucky. Uh, people would camp out two, three, four days before, because that was when the rowdy reptiles were really, you know, th- there wasn't a point system or whatever it was now that they have now. It was a you know, the first people that that get there, are the ones that are going to get up uh, up close and personal there. So that was a uh, that was a sight and- to see. And the, the railing, like, literally came right up to the bench. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fans were right on top of you. It was, it was incredible. It was such, yeah. a, such an atmosphere. So I, I guess it brings up a point I was going to ask you, you later. I wasn't going to totally skip the Georgia because I know that that's when you you changed from from coaching uh, men's the, the men's side over to the to the women's side. Talk to us about that change, what precipitated that change, and I guess what the biggest difference that, that you immediately saw was. 
I had an opportunity while I was with the men at Georgia to get to know Andy Landers, the women's coach. And you're talking uh, top five winningest coaches of all time in women's basketball history, just a legend, one of the pioneers. And I got to know him. And also my sister was a freshman in high school and she began to get heavily recruited. And so I started helping her with her recruiting and through getting to know Coach Landers and having the opportunity to, to go coach basically a top 10 program was just something that I, I started thinking about, like coaching's coaching. You know, the men's side, I was excited about the, the, the crowds, the dunks, the action, the fast pace. But then the more I thought about it, it's like, why am I in this? Am I in this to, to coach for uh, the crowds and those type of accolades? Or am I in this because I want to coach and help develop young people and make an impact? And I just uh, thought about it and had a chance to work for Hall of Famer, a really great guy, and took, uh, took advantage of that. And just, it was a great experience. And I learned a lot about myself because, um, you know, as, as dudes, man, we don't always listen the best, do we? And, um, coaching women's basketball, man, you have to listen more because they want to be heard. They want to, um, they want to be, they don't care how much, you know, to that, know how much you care, uh, hotels, you know, when we're on road trips, they want to go do things. They don't just want to sit in the room and sleep all day. Like guys want to, (laughs) and with my personality, (laughs) it was just a little more conducive uh, with the women's game and, and get to go down and have more fun. And, and now I've got three daughters. So, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's been a godsend uh, that's come full circle. I'd say. Uh, coach, you said coaching is coaching. Um, I'm always interested to ask this. I asked the softball coach the same when we had him on. Um, God, you said coaching the coaching, then you broke down, kind of went into uh, why it's a little different with coaching female. What is the biggest difference in coaching men and um women i think you know a lot of times men have egos out the wazoo man um and you know men and women sometimes you ask men do you want to be loved or respected and and what's your answer to that respected okay and that's my answer too you ask a lot of women you know what they're going to say loved they want to be loved And so you have to understand that if you're going to be able to connect with them, I think. And that's why, you know, coaching women's basketball has made me a better husband, I think, and a better father because of learning so much more about the opposite sex and just what drives them and and how you can connect with them. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, coaching, connecting, it's kind of similar, but you need to understand those differences because I used to be a big time barker and and getting on them. And and you can do that to guys because sometimes their motivation might be, hey, I'll show you. I'll show you. If that's what you think, I'll show you. And that's not always the same with women. And so uh, in this day and age, whether it be men or women, you have to learn how to connect and you have to learn what it is that drives them. And uh, I just thank, thank God for the opportunity to, to, to be on the, both sides because now I, I feel like I've learned a lot of different ways to try to connect with people. But that was the biggest difference I saw at first was that um, you had to get to know them more until they would truly trust you and let you coach them as opposed to guys, you can just kind of get after them sometimes because that's what we're used to, I guess. And sometimes that's just what drives us. Um, just that, um, I think that, that book, Men Are From Venus, Women Are From Mars or whatever, I think it last right. that book could help too. <laughs> right. Um, I think, uh, and, and, my, and this is just my opinion, uh, I think the fan pressure is a little different when, when, um, when you're coaching women's sports. What's, what's your take on that? Um, do you do you feel any SEC pressure? Like like 
like say a Mike White Mayfield or or even um, Dan Mullen Mayfield, if you, if you get an SEC loss in a big game? You know, self-inflicted pressure, everybody has that. When you coach at this level, every coach at the University of Florida has that because we all came here to be great and our patience level isn't always the best because you want it now. Um, now, whether or not I've got 12,000 fans at a game and Mike White does, that's different. Um, you know, Coach Mullen's right. got 90-some thousand fans there. Um, they also have completely different tradition um, that they're playing with in their pocket where I'm trying to create a lasting tradition. We have tradition here, but we don't have the lasting tradition that a lot of the sports have before us. And so um, it's a big reason why I took this job is that there has been short stories told about Florida women's basketball, but the long story of greatness as to how we got to a final four, how we won an SEC championship, that is yet to be told. And that's what attracted me, our staff, and most of our players here is that we want to be part of those storytellers. So, um, you know, there's always pressure at Florida because it's Florida. We have a championship Gator standard, and that's what we're striving for. Um, and we're not there yet, but I do believe we're going to get there. And so, you know, pressure oftentimes, uh, Silk, is, is, is when you're not present. It's when you think about what happened from the past and when you think about what might happen in the future. So the right. best way to counteract that is when you just stay present and do what you can right now with the best attitude and effort you can to do your best. And if you take care of that right now, well, then tomorrow will be that much better. And you won't have to worry about the pressure because you're doing all you can to reach that greatness one day. Man, like I get like I'll be ready to run through a wall. Man, I got you coaches on this show. I ain't a lot to. What what where did that come from? Like, what do you learn? Like, what qualities? What do you learn that from? Like, I don't know. Like, coaches, good well, coaches that make it to this level have a way of speaking to people. And what what do they learn that from? Well, Silk, I've I've had an amazing opportunity to coach around some some Hall of Famers. You know, that my two mentors in women's basketball side. From, from Louisville, Jeff Walls, and, and Andy Landers at Georgia. They're Hall of Famers. So I learned from some of the best. And the men's coaches I was under as well were big time. Uh, the associate head coach at Georgia when I was on the men men's side, he was David Robinson's head coach at Navy. And so I learned from him. But then you got to talk about this place. You talk about somebody you referenced earlier in Tim Walton. You talk about Mike White. You talk about Dan Mullen. You talk about um, Coach Holloway with track and field. Roland Thornquist, J.C. Deacon, Becky Burley. I mean, you talk about national championship coaches, you talk about SEC champion coaches, and you can go over every single sport, uh, Amanda, Emily, Jenny, everybody. And what's so special about this place, you guys, that, that people on the outside don't understand is the sorority slash fraternity that we have with each other and the amount of time we spend together, whether it be helping each other, picking each other's brains, collaborating on best practices, and to have something like that where you've got those people encouraging you, looking out for you, reaching out to you, it's so uncommon. And that's hats off to Florida. That's hats off to the fans. That's hats off to the administration because people would not stay as long as they have if this place was not special. I mean, Steve Spurrier lives in Gainesville, guys, right? right. Tebow comes back a lot. Billy Donovan comes back. I mean, Dara Torres was here a couple of years ago. I mean, Percy moved back. Uh, I mean, you look at all the greats of this place and they come back to Florida and, and some people come back to live here. And, and I just think it, it, it's, um, it piggybacks with why coaches stay here because it's such a special place. And so I'm just thankful to have so many people that have gone before uh, at this university from Jeremy Foley to the many great athletes and coaches, because you can learn from their stories as to how they had success here. So 
Silk, I, I appreciate you telling me that, that I got you fired <laughs> up, but um, I'm just blessed and, and so lucky to have had great people pour into me and care about me and believe in me more than I believed in myself to help me become who I'm trying to be every day. Nice, man. Now, your season ended prematurely. What was that like? Yeah, it was kind of frustrating, to be honest. We had a, a young group. Uh, we had two seniors and only one junior. And, you know, we, we didn't play particularly well in the SEC tourney like we wanted to. And the second we hit that locker room, you could just tell everybody was a little disappointed and, and anxious for more. And we were going to be in the NIT. We were going to have our first postseason berth in four years. And, you know, we were ready. We were ready for more and anxious and excited to get back to work and practice. And we had a couple of practices. Uh, and then this whole pandemic thing comes and, you know, uh, it was it was unfortunate because we wanted to play and keep trying to, to win games and improve for next year. But at the same time, with all this happening, I think we all kind of have been given a, a gift in disguise in some respects to get in the hit the reset button and spend some time with our loved ones and just kind of be present with what's most important in our lives right now, I think. So, Coach, I want to talk to you a, a bit more about just, just you, the person, I know one of the things that, that you've been big on, and, and you can tell by the way that you speak that you care about a lot of other things besides just just the game of basketball. I know you're big in community service and big in academics. How do you motivate you know your your athletes to to want to get involved in the community or, or to want to be involved in um, you know obviously you know furthering their education and everything else? Talk a lot about engaging with people in general. We talk about using people's names because the most important thing you have in this world is your name. And when you use people's names at a restaurant or wherever you are, just watch how they light up because it's so personal and you make them feel important. And so I just talked to our players about how we can welcome people into this journey we're on. If we can ask for help and ask for, for them to be with us, you know, people would join us because everyone loves it when, you know, if someone asks you, Daniel, for help, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel good to know that you can help someone, right? And so we talk a lot about that, about giving back to the community and helping people get to know us because the more people know us, I just think the more they're going to show up to support us because they know now more about us than just being some athlete running around on the basketball court. And now all of a sudden, too, when you can, can learn their story, and can learn what they're about and pour into them through just being a friend and someone to listen, but also an encourager. Uh, I, I just think it can build special bonds that can't be broken and that can transcend just the game. And all of a sudden you get friendships through our fans and the legacy we're building on the court. And that's the platform we have to be able to reach people and give back. And uh, I just think the more people on the journey with you, the specialer, the more, more special it's going to be when you do get that championship one day, cause you had so many people that were in those, those, um, those tough moments with you to help you persevere through adversity. I love it. I love it. So coach, talk to us uh, about next year, uh, kind of what you got prepared there. You got a, a transfer, uh, from North Carolina, Emily Sullivan, yeah. and then you, you yeah. got, um, a transfer or not transfer, a freshman coming in from the Netherlands. Uh, and, and is her name floor tunders? Yes, yep. and she she okay. can she can affect the game on both ends of the floor. No okay. pun intended. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, floor six four from the Netherlands and uh, can score inside out. Very good hands and feet. Very mobile. Um, someone that we're really excited about for the future of the program. Then we got another freshman in Jordan Merritt uh, Jordan, from from Dallas, Texas, Plano High School. Jordan uh, would have been a McDonald's All American. She made the Jordan Brand All Star Game. 
and oh. tore her ACL before she could play enough games to be McDonald's eligible. Um, six, one, six, two forward that can score in a variety of different ways, uh, but very good athlete, very mobile. Uh, we've got, a another freshman coming in from New Jersey and Bryn Farrell, five eleven, just tough as nails competitor can shoot the three can score at the rim. Got a nice pull up, but just add some competitive and toughness to our roster for us. Um, then you talk about Emily Sullivan, six, four grad transfer, uh, coming from North Carolina, who's um, had a couple, you know, injuries that unfortunately have kept her out of some full seasons. But uh, she's anxious and excited to to get back after it, and somebody that I think will really help us because she's going to provide size and some more length for us. And then you're talking about bringing back uh, a number of players from last year's team. You know, we had a very good freshman in Lavender Briggs, very good freshman in Nina Ricards, and then uh, a six-four freshman from Vancouver, British Columbia, Faith Dude. And, you know, our sophomore class with Manu from Brazil, Christina from Australia, um, there'll be juniors. And then uh, our starting point guard, Kiki Smith, has been just phenomenal for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a floor general, so much energy. And if you ever come to a game, you see how hard she plays. But if you come to practice, I think you'll be more impressed because that energy and enthusiasm is there all the time. And then lastly, uh, Danielle Rainey um, will be a senior for us. She tore her ACL last year in a, mm. one of our scrimmages. Uh, a young lady that really has a chance to to help impact us on both ends of the floor as well. And you know, had a couple good games her sophomore year. And just really excited about the bunch we have because uh, they, they stick together, they fight together, and they, they're starting to really, really motivate and push each other. And you know, to have a special team, you've got to be able to have special conversations with each other that are that aren't just surface level and mm-hmm. i see that happening with our team and even during this covid this covid time you know just the way we've been connected you uniquely and organically has been neat to see and uh, i just i can't help it but think it's it's going to help us you know be on the verge of something special this year I love it. Coach, obviously basketball is a, is a worldwide sport. I want to talk to you because it looks like you, you mentioned Faith, who's from, from British Columbia, but you have somebody on your team from British Columbia, somebody from Sydney, Australia, somebody from the Netherlands, uh, and then somebody from, I think, I, I think I've got all the control, oh, and then Brazil. So, Australia. Uh, yeah, Australia, Brazil, Canada, and the Netherlands. Um, Coach, if you need a co-pilot for these recruiting visits, give me a holler, man. I got to tell you a couple of funny things. First thing is whenever we do a zoom, like we'll do a team team zoom tomorrow night at six o'clock. And for everybody on this side of the globe, it's like, you know, Tuesday, six o'clock. Well, for Christine in Australia, it's Wednesday morning, like at 9 a.m. So it's, it's so different to do a zoom and you got people from all over the country and uh, crazy recruiting story. I was going to Belarus, Belarus Man, a couple times. years ago to go. Yeah. I was going to watch faith, faith do play. And on my flight from Atlanta to Rome, uh, I took a, a sleeping aid, and I'd never taken one before. And I proceeded to be um, sick for the next seven and a half hours, thrown up on the plane like crazy. Oh, and if man. we would not have got that, it, it was a trip from from hell, guys. And Jeez. had we not got faith, I I, I don't know, it would have been awful. But we got the we almost died. Good player for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And. So, you know, maybe I might have used that a little bit to guilt trip her, but when she came and saw campus, there was no guilt trip and she wanted to be here. So, but yeah, the things you go through to go, to go recruit some players, man, it's crazy. What's it, what's it like recruiting internationally? Obviously there's a lot of other rule. I mean, how do you, you coordinate with, you know, the stands the NCAA has and, and talk to us about what that recruiting process looks like. 
you know, Kelly Ray Finley are a so shithead coach. She has so many connections worldwide and just does a phenomenal job with getting us on the phone with the right people in the right countries that know who the players are and that know the connections. So you've got scouting service type people, then you've got international competitions that we go to, you know, uh, she was in, um, Patagonia, uh, Patagonia, Chile last year. Um, I mean, Kelly goes literally everywhere to see kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's what you do. There's, there's USA teams, you, you get the track, but then you'll see international players at these other events. There's a, a multitude of different ways to find out about them. But then, you know, what helps us, you guys, is especially some European countries, is everybody knows Florida. Everybody knows Florida because of Disney, because of the weather, uh, because of football, because of basketball, because of the athletic, you know, prowess we have in every sport. And so it helps, too, that it's one of the shortest flights you can have to those European countries. So there's a lot of added bonuses that we got just naturally here at the University of Florida. And so when you get kids on the phone, it's always fun sometimes to, um, you know, learn how well they speak English, talk to their parents. Um, it's always a process, but uh, it's one that's quite enjoyable. And international players sometimes, um, you know, they're just different. Uh, it's, it's not like American kids that grow up having everything. Sometimes when they get here, they're so appreciative and hungry because they're sacrificing so much to be here playing a sport to where they know, like, look, this is, this is serious and, and we're really sacrificing a lot to try to be great in, in what we do. How do you convince, you know, a player? Because, you know, there's an opportunity to play professionally and, and everything else over in Europe right out of high school, it seems like. How do you convince them to to take that step and, and trust you halfway across the globe uh, in for school, I guess? Yeah, it's been hard because we've had a couple players that we were involved with that were really good that, that ended up deciding they were going to go play you know, pro over there and they make good money over there overseas. They make really good money. And so it's a combination of trying to figure out what it is that them and their parents want, because a lot of them really value education. A lot of them value just the system we have because not all of them grow up in great competitive environments like a division one sports program. So convincing them that they can come hone their skills, play against the best competition in, in America in the SEC conference, play in the NCAA tournament, I get an incredible education. You know, those are all keys, I think, to, to when you're recruiting internationally. And then another key component to that is most of these young ladies want to play on their national teams in the summer. So sometimes you do have to sacrifice them being here on campus in the summer because they want to represent their com- country and play on those national teams. And there's some coaches that don't always allow that. And that is one thing that we allow with international players. Coach Cam, what do, what do you like to do in your downtime? When you're not coaching basketball, when you're not recruiting, what are you doing? Well, Silk, I, I got a a one-year-old daughter, a daughter that just turned four, and then I got a daughter that's Ooh. about to turn six. Yep, and then I got my, my amazing wife, Sarah. And so I've I've become, you know, whatever it is they want to do, sit and play. Um, you know, I just try to spend as much time with my family as I can because – I'm gone so much during the year yeah. recruiting and with our practices and games and um, just, you know, it's fun. You know, I'll take them on some of our road trips as well, but really just try to be as present as I can with them. And, you know, it, it's so much on my wife to take care of three kids when I'm not home very often. So try to pour into her best I can and try to put the phone down when I get home, do the dishes, help with dinner, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I can. Um, and just to try to be present to help take some weight off her shoulders. And that's the biggest thing, you know, but also uh, I've gotten pretty close with a number of our head coaches here on campus. And, 
um, just spend time with them and their families. Uh, it's just such a special community around here, you know, and just blessed to be part of it, guys. Uh, I never had a dream job, never had a dream job until I got this opportunity and got here. And now it's like, man, I, I you don't ever want to leave this place because of the people, the climate, um, locale, you know, just everything that Gainesville has right. to offer. It's just such a special place. And Gator Nation is so stinking strong and special to where you just want to stay part of it forever. Hey, man, I appreciate it. We'll let you get back to those uh, beautiful kids and beautiful wife, man. Appreciate you for hanging out with us on Stadium, Miguel. No, still, Daniel, really appreciate you guys. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, just appreciate who you guys are and what you've done for educating so many people about who we are, what we do, and just building the brand, man. So thank you guys, and go Gators. Go Gators. Appreciate it. Anytime you need us, hit us up. Yeah. For sure, man. See you guys. We got you. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Cam. Thank you. That was a good interview. I like these you know, football interviews. Uh, every single time. Yeah. I don't think we've had a bad one yet. Coaches just, man, coaches just coaches. I mean, you're a good coach, yeah, man. Yeah, I guess, yeah. No, yeah they, they know that lingo. They know how to get in that motivational, inspirational bag. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough job. You know, he didn't walk into to anything that was, was you know, moving, you know, real well. Right. It's very, very different. You know, Florida's never really had a big, you know, reputation in women's basketball. Uh, so that's a, that's a rebuild project. You know, it seems like, you know, he's got a, a lot of support from from his, uh, you know, upper levels and, and you know, administration behind him. But one of the things that I want to give him a shout out for, and if we had a little bit more time, we would have spent some time on it, is, is they've got a team GPA that's like nearly a 3.2, uh, which is really, really strong. But they're super involved in the community. So he's doing all of the right things. And, you know, I think, you know, the guy like him and getting the talent that they're getting, recruiting some of those national players or international players, pardon me, is going to really allow him to prosper. But I, I think, you know, it all boils down to making sure that you're putting the best, uh, you know, product, obviously, on the court, but trying to mold and, and, and shape the, these young minds. I think he's doing a great job. Absolutely. I just like to put a face and a personality to all these programs, man. I think it's absolutely. Yeah, he's a good guy. So uh, before we move on, uh, we're going to give a shout out to a friend over at, the, uh, over at Roof Soldier. A couple of people actually reached out to me to say that they're uh, they're planning on reaching out to them. I'm here shortly. So again, Roof Soldier, a new sponsor of ours. Uh, give them a call at one eight seven seven roofs R O O F S F L. Uh, so whether it's a, whether it's commercial or residential, uh, they're your guys for inspection, replacement, and repair of your roof. Uh, so they'll do a free roof inspection for you, provide you a free digital uh, photo report with all the necessary information that you're going to need. Work with you, work with uh, insurance, whatever it might be. Uh, if there's been evidence of windstorm or hail damage, they're going to help you with that and, and working with them. Uh, but also, like I said, uh, anything with leaks, damage, or want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection, give them a call. Hurricane season's about to start. Uh, you want to make sure that your roof and your home is protected during that time. So give them a call. Again, that's one eight seven seven roofs fl or you can visit RoofSoldier.com. Also, the first 10 callers that contact Roof Soldier for a free inspection and mention Stadium and Gale are going to receive $200 off their roof replacement once they enter into a contract. So again, Roof Soldier, 877-ROOFS-FL and RoofSoldier.com. So, so we're, at, we're without a mod right now. Um, so I don't know if you have a word of the week, but I want to give you a shout out and I know we'll talk about that more here in the, in the future. I don't think I ever laughed as hard. I was laughing when you were doing it last week, but then I listened to the show again last week. Your manscaped ad read was probably one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. 
Really? Appreciate yeah, fantastic. That, bro. You're welcome. That's I'm what's up, man. Oh, man, I got you, bro. Uh, they be off the hip, man. I haven't really planned this one, man. Manscaped.com. Do you have a word of the week? A uh, word of the week? I don't know. Ahmad White's word of the week. Give Ahmaud. me a white word. Prepare one. Prepare um, one while I do that. How about that? I don't, is, this, is this a white word? Is hunky-dory a white word? I have no idea what that means. I've heard it before, like, but I have no idea what like it means. Like everything is hunky dory. Oh yeah, then I know what it means. Everything's okay. Okay, that that right. seems that seems definitely white. So hunky dory, everything's fine. It's going well. Right, think of another one. Uh, <laughs> Ahmad White's word of the week is brought to you by Manscape.com. The best of the best when it comes to man's grooming's essentials. Manscape sent your boy that lawnmower 3.0. Had to test out the skin test technology. No nicks, Dan. Smooth sellings, bro. Very good. Smooth as eggs. And waterproof, bro. They not lying. I was in the shower, dog. Smooth as eggs, man. No problems. So, man, if you want that 20% off, use coupon code SG at checkout. Your balls will thank you, bro. And also, we got the weed whacker on the way. I'm waiting on that package to get here, Pauls. But the weed whacker is on the way. Shout out to manscaped.com. Yeah, no, uh, man, Manscaped, great product. A uh, bunch of new stuff. Uh, long-term sponsor now with uh, with Stadium and Gas. So we appreciate you guys supporting oh, our sponsors. I'm a big fan but, of Manscaped. I never yeah. knew it. Then the t-shirts are quite the uh, quite the fabric. <laughs> I was gonna say they're quite the fabric, and they make quite the statement, right? Right. I'm not sure I can wear that. I don't. I'm not sure I can wear it out if I'm going around. I forgot I had it on at Publix for sure. Oh uh, yeah, and, and they had the shirt that says "Your balls will thank you." I'm sure you got some yeah. looks for it, huh? Yeah, I man. I got to the cashier and the little bag boy was like giggling. I'm like, what is he laughing at? I got home <laughs> and I realized, all right, that's what the jit was laughing at, at Publix. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about the podcast, or whatever. And talked about you know sponsors, all that stuff. I was like, Yeah, we're sponsored by Manscaped. And before I can even finish, he's like, Yeah, bro. He's like, I've got the lawnmower 3.0 already. He's like, It's a great mm. product. So I know this sounds like shameless plug for them, and maybe it is, but uh, but good stuff over there. Yeah, don't tell you know, me you got I, Manscaped because then I'm like, Okay, like you've been manscaping. You know, so I don't think that's like a conversation men should be having, like manscaping conversations. No, but I'm sure, yeah, you know what? Never mind, never mind. Let's see. What's a what's a good Ahmad white word of the week? Uh, we're gonna go with bass ackwards. So bass ackwards. Yeah. Well, what is that? <laughs> it's bass ackwards. Bass ackwards. So it it literally is just moving the b from backwards in front of ass. So it's, it's like ass backwards. But for some reason, I don't know if it's like a religious thing to not curse. Uh, but that's what that's what they say. That's what that's what us white people say sometimes is things are bass backwards. But I know you cursing. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't say it, maybe it's not a curse. Or, I don't you know. You really want to say it, but you don't say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah I see the vibes there. Don't make I, sense. But I, I see I'm the bass backwards. I'm not, so I'm not, you yeah, can yeah. say it to your mom as a kid. I think so. I think that's one of those things that it's not what? cursing, right? Can't. Could, I didn't know you, you could say that to your mom when you was legit bass backwards, and your mom kind of know it's supposed to be a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dangerous. <laughs> I think it's one of those things you might be able to say. One I couldn't time. say darn. 
That means damn. No, it doesn't. It means darn, bro. <laughs> it means it means darn. I remember the first time I said a curse word in front of my mom and the look she gave me. I was like, okay, well, that won't be happening again. Like a mod white's word week. That's awkward. Yeah, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a good list. You know, mod is always prepared, he's always bringing the fire and nine times out of ten it's like a good word. Sometimes you don't even know, and those are the best words, but uh I, I learned quite like, a few. We just words. don't have like an urban dictionary. I guess we just have the regular dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Oh, man. That was a good show. Uh, short, simple, to the point. Uh, we let a, let a mod out early. Spent some time with his wife. But uh, So, you want to take us out with... Uh, oh, that's right. I got the song, oh, right? Got you, bro. Shout out to the Gated Nation for holding us down, man. A lot of love on the timeline, a lot of support. The listeners been up. Sponsorships been up. We got some content we're going to yeah, churn out here it's soon. A, it's too. a good, good time to, to remind people. So stadiumandgale.com. Uh, we have our shop there. We have all of our old episodes there. Uh, a couple other things uh, that I found. Uh, a lot of people, you guys, are probably starting to go back to work here pretty soon. Apple does this thing where if you haven't listened to a new podcast, I'm sure a lot of you – probably weren't listening to as many because you weren't driving or whatever it does this thing that if you don't listen for a number of weeks in a row sometimes it unsubscribes you or it puts it at the bottom of the list go back click our page uh make sure that you're you're subscribed and everything is is everything is everything there uh check that out uh Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for for those that sponsor the show. We really appreciate all you guys. And if you guys have any other guests uh, that you want us to bring on the show, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we're always trying. We've got uh, a couple more coaches that are lined up here over the next couple weeks. We've got a couple folks in the administration that are lined up. We've got a couple Gator legends that are lined up. So we've got a lot of people. We're going to keep putting out content. But if there's ever anybody that, that you guys want to hear from, definitely let us know. And we'd love to uh, we'd love to bring them on. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna take us out of here with some Rick Ross, man. I'm gonna go. Uh, hmm. I don't want to get too ratchet on here, um, Daniel. Let me go Vegas residency. Residency. How about that? Same call at the same time, man. Black boy, you know we miss you. Justice League, Justice League. Maybach music. 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 Maach music. Maach music. Maach Never golfing with the trumps and I give you my word Back to coming out the trunk charging 20 a bird Another seizure so I woke up in intensive care Pray you treat a poor man like he was a millionaire Actresses coming to see me like a movie premiere Dope boys show me love just from keeping it real Dozen lawyers on the team, I'd rather keep them close Bill Cosby dead in prison, I can see the quotes Airlines when them white boys get the pay a fine Never raping women, keep it on some clear time Facts, hate and pray you catch a heart attack Headshot, guess who did it, what a warrant said Black bottles through the night until the morning back 50 million up, I think I need me more than that Restaurants, I bought me 50 and they do their thing Now I'm in the sports and think I really need a team I got a room, it's on the highest flow Never switch out on my nigga, no, I'm on the dough 
Cause you won't get a receipt, that's when you sell your soul Hungry niggas sit at home, watch your pictures you post We can meet up out in Vegas I'ma pull out the fucker on We can meet up out in Vegas, nigga I really need a dog to see me dealing with these seizures Junior say all concussion, suicide to every season Go to hell and that's exactly where I'm going to Give my people game in this port of Miami I lost some weight and now designers wanna get to know me Givenchy post a boy Naomi trying to get up on me Eggs Benedict or G-Wagons for my tenderoni Florida lot of wishes for bitches I could trigger it on them Build a military for artists when they wanna beef I'm the Kim.com up in KLD Fuck them on the faucet when they in the office Doing time I send a mind through correctional office Thurman Thomas every step I take his footwork 2000 on the season, honey Jesus for the verse Go and get it just to give it to the inner city 20 Rolls Royces later that night in River City Seminola bars and bring it back and murder road Murder one, you fucking other nigga murder mode Booby boys, John Doe, tell me how you heard his old 305, first 48, they favorite episodes so many niggas out here singing songs That's why them choppers hit a note and then we sing along Everybody got a road, therefore we got a job Until we meet up out in Vegas and we got them all I got a room, it's on the highest flow Never switch out on my nigga, no I'm on the dough Cause you won't get a receipt, that's when you sell your soul Hungry niggas sit at home watching pictures you post We can meet up out in Vegas I'ma pull out the fucker from Gold trinket still indoors in my Versace road Matching underwear, Illuminati got his soul Phone ringing, Benny Medina, yeah it's J-Lo Tell a fat boy got a shoeboxes full of pesos Poppy Chulo, Port of Miami, keep a secret Silver first gave you my word, now we in arenas Pyramid, you call it faith, I say it's destiny Eating with my dogs, we just a different pedigree Me post, it's time to drag them bitches to the floor All my bitches tell my name, I gotta feed them all Black boy, he was the realest, ate the center mall The biggest blow I ever felt, that's from the biggest boss Blue Ferrari on the corner, cousin think it's Crip Fuck a vest, pussy nigga, cause it's hit and miss Came up in the projects, watermelon on the porch Now it's Cayman Island, the wonderful nautical thoughts In Hawaii, Kanye got me living, fuck the cost For my B-Day, Dr. Dre gave me another watch Hundred miles of running, I pray it never run its course Touch a quarter million, I pray it's really rubbing off I catch my breath and holler, batters up I get the money, cause the stats, they never matter much MVP, I'm from the league when niggas tattle much Test them fire on your right hand, put them in the camel clutch Fell asleep, unconscious, woke up out in Myrtle Beach Oh, in Vegas with pimps, niggas think they rich as me Facts, I'm well connected in this city life We all in double them jumpers out on them chilly nights Gave me a brick until I asked them what would 20 like On body number 10, so I rarely give good advice I got a room, it's on the highest flow Never switch out on my nigga, no I'm on the dough Cause you won't get a receipt, that's when you sell your soul Hungry niggas sit at home, watch your pictures you post We can meet up out in Vegas I'ma pull out the fucker run We can meet up out in Vegas, nigga Draw.